excited. I just uh, had time with a prophet during the week and just to hear the voice of the Lord and what He wants to do in our lives. And uh, this prophet didn't speak English, didn't speak much English at all. But just the detail and what he spoke and what he saw. He saw that they were coming up. He saw that there was a were coming up into a life-changing event. He even gave the dates that it's going to happen on the 27th and the 28th of August. Your church will come into a new season of growth. A supernatural encounter. He started to speak and decree what was going to happen. And that revival will start to break out. Miracles will start to break out. Personally, spoke over me and talked about that distinct miracles that even those whose lives have been robbed and blown away by drugs will be healed. I am believing for that to happen. And it's not just about me, but one of the things I've been prophesying and believing that is that God is going to bring us into a new season of expansion and enlargement. And here it is, a prophet picked it up. He talked about, um, uh, I've been looking at land, and you, some of you know that I've been looking at that. He even described the piece of land that we'll have by the end of next year, that we'll own new land. He even described what it would look like. Saw three institutions and a whole bunch of things. My reason for encouraging with this today is that you've got a part to play on that. This is your legacy. This is your inheritance. Some of you here today have come from a uh, difficult background, but I want to tell you, just because you've come from that past, doesn't mean that there's nothing for you in the future. God's got a great thing for you in the future. God's got great things. Some of you today will walk in miracles. Some of you today, will go, you will carry miracle power into the community. You will walk in that dimension. One of the things he, I've had in my heart was this, that God would raise up apostles and prophets in this house that will go to the nations, that will go into our own community and bring the hope of Jesus Christ. One of the things this prophet said is this, that you will be one that raises up and releases prophets and apostles into this house and into the nations. That could be you. It's you. It's your inheritance. We've got a great season in front of us. It's honor. It's just a great honor to just be used by God. It's a great honor to be used as a vessel to jars of clay, jars of earth, or the cracks and the holes of it. Yet God puts His wonderful presence inside of us. Those parts of our lives where there's brokenness and cracks, those are the parts that the glory and the, 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 and the grace of God shines out. I'm so glad that you came here today. I'm so glad that you've taken the opportunity to come out this morning to create space in your life, to come and to meet with the Lord and to join with other people, join with the body of Christ, to lift His name up. And my prayer that this morning is that your life will be, even right now, will be freshly inspired, that the Lord will show you things. Even today, I just felt as we're starting to pray and, and, and worship, I just started to see a young olive Olives so comes from the uh, comes from the word uh, the, the oil tree, and that she will be a beacon of light. She will be. You watch her, young, even young right now. She's coming up to worship, but the oil was used as a as a, as a fuel to bring light into people's radiance. And even right now, I don't know where you've heard you are, but you're young. But one day you'll know this: that you'll be a woman that brings light and hope to the world around you. You'll bring a, be a woman that brings hope to those who've got hopelessness inside of their life. Lord God Almighty, that even the heavens couldn't contain. 
Welcome to you today on this very chilly but fine morning. Why don't you get turn to somebody just after them this morning? Welcome them to the house of the Lord. Welcome. Great to have you here. Wouldn't be the same without you.
Hey, it is great to see you here. Why don't you just grab a seat? I'll see if you are sitting. Want to extend a warm welcome to you, those of us here for the first or second time. My name is Dave. This is my wife, Kate. I see your pastors here. Big welcome back to my mum, Pastor Joy. Hello. It's wonderful to have welcome Pastor back. Joy back in the house. And like Dave said, if you're here and you're visiting with us, we do want to extend a really warm welcome to you. And after the service, uh, we've got a visitor lounge just over here. And uh, some of our leaders will be there. And we'd love to meet you, to offer you a coffee or a tea and get to know you better. So come on down after the service. Fantastic. One of the things I was just so delighted to be able to do during the week was go to um, one of our local schools. And uh, they'd heard about what Kate and I and our family had done overseas in Pakistan and wanted me to come in and speak to them on refugees. And so they had a great conversation with these young kids about refugees and, and, and where terrorists come from and, uh, and, and, and what to do about that and what sort of things they could do about it. And uh, so it's really, uh, it was just great to share with them that actually starts with the heart and uh, that God uh, touches people's hearts to, to move. And so all these kids are now inspired to be able to do something and bring hope to the world around them. So looking forward to going back there. Speaking about bringing hope, really just want to, and as we take up the offering, where's Demelza? Come up here. Come on. Is Hubby here today? Is Hubby here today? Kenneth. You're going to help out with the offering this morning. <laughs> and uh, just, where is Kenneth? I think. Oh, he's looking oh, after the kids. The kids. That's right. <laughs> You're just an amazing woman. And uh, just love what God has, uh, he's taking off out there. <laughs> just love what God has just done through your life. And um, I'd love for you just to share what you talked about to, with me last week about the about the blankets. Can you do that? Showing us that you know we should be blessed with what we did have. We did have a 
seriously. <laughs> um, yeah. So when we got time, we go out at night, um, giving out blankets. We've collected quite a lot. And yeah. yeah. So it's something that we've been, we've been doing for the last year. Yeah. And it was because of what you were saying to a couple of weeks ago about, you know, um, breaking down those walls yeah. and making things bigger. Seeing the space we, and filling yeah, it. Yeah, seeing the space and filling it. So we moved from one small place sing, why don't we praise him as we give. Praise the
release into our city, into the regions beyond, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, all the promises of God are yes and awesome. Fantastic, I want to just grab a seat. We've got some great things coming up, so let's just check out Bay Life News. to miss this. He is one of the most creative presenters of the gospel we have seen. He preaches a powerful message of hope, so invite your friends Sunday the 13th of August, 10am. Girls, we have another fantastic evening coming your way on Friday the 11th of August. Invite your unchurched friends and come and hear the incredible journey from brokenness to wholeness through Christ that our founding pastors, Mike and Joy, have walked through. This story will give you hope and encouragement in your journey. Hey guys, join us this Saturday, 5th of August, for the Super Rugby Final on the big screen. Kickoff is at 7pm with pizza and then game on. Cost is $5 for adults and $2 a student to be paid on the night. Men, invite your mates and we'll see you at the game. Join us tonight for another awesome hour of prayer. We are pressing in for a great encounter conference and believe for breakthroughs and supernatural miracles. Be here at 6pm. Four weeks to go until our supernatural encounter conference with Apostle Mel Donado. Have you registered? Don't miss this life-changing conference and the opening evening crusades. Head to the Ask Me desk after the service to register. I can hear the murmurings. Wow, there's some fantastic things coming up. If you haven't heard Pastor Cyrus before, you don't want to miss it. You want to bring people that don't know Jesus, that are unchurched. He's the most creative, dynamic preacher, one of the most dynamic preachers I've ever heard. So um, make sure you're here for that. Um, also for she, come on, bring some woman along. Bring people along. Our founding pastors will be sharing their story. Many of you won't know their journey, but their journey is such a powerful one and uh, one that will bring hope to many, many people. Um, I just got word before the service that um, due to unforeseen circumstances, the men's event next Saturday night is off. So uh, it's a no-go because uh, we did no-go. So, so it's off. So, uh, so men, uh, there'll be another one coming your way soon. Um, so just watch the space and uh, just remember, come along tonight. Come and pray with us. Come and join with us. It'll be fantastic. Amazing. Sleep at night. 
Yeah, it's going to be great. But Apostle Maldonado, he just carries just something really powerful. Uh, and that's going to be deposited in, in our church, and which is just going to just transform us. And uh, I, I'm just so convinced in my heart that uh, as individuals, but also as a church, we'll open up into to new ground, a new season. I already know with people and the businessmen in the church here having new land open up to them, uh, new opportunities, new spaces to be filled. God will open up new spaces of influence, uh, influence into government, influence into uh, various types, influence into the business community. God will open up new spaces, and it's up to us to come and to fill those spaces. Uh, and I'm believing for increase. One of the things that you don't want to be doing is this. When we have a big event like that, which is something that really matters, you don't want to be at home doing your gardening. <laughs> Look, your flowers are going to be okay. Your cat will be fine. Don't worry about it. The little mini lions, they can find food for themselves. They'll be fine. What you want to do is just Get your focus on things that really matter. All right? Get your focus on things that really matter. There are some things, they look like they matter, but actually in the context of eternity, they do not matter. <laughs> they really don't matter. And uh, it's a defining season, so I really want to encourage you, just don't let, the, don't let the little things in life, and I know your garden might be a really big thing for you, but in comparison to eternity, God gives those things life anyway, so they'll be okay. Just trust them to the Lord. They'll be fine. They'll be there when you get back. Hopefully the neighbor's dog has not dug them up for you. <laughs> but God's going to do something powerful. And um, like I said, I've just had the exp- time with a, just an amazing uh, apostle during the, uh, prophet during the week. Uh, just the massive amount of detail that he, he gave. That there was absolutely no way that he could not know. And um, also just had the time just to hear about uh, what kind of a man that he is. And he, funny enough, he lives in a, a little rural community in India. Uh, away from the big city, uh, has n- not got Facebook, <gasps> hasn't even got email, <laughs> but just committed for the last 35 years to, uh, to love people and to bring Christ to people, uh, baptized people in the, in the stream by his house, and just a great humble servant of the Lord, and God used him so powerfully. And just the, the incredible word that he's brought to us as a church, uh, I know I'm repeating it because I'm really excited about it, and you're a part of it. You're a part of the story. You're a part of the new season for our lives. You're a part of the new season that's in front of us as a church. And uh, I want you just to understand the significance of that. And uh, whenever God brings you, uh, brings us, sorry, into a new space, there's always, uh, I just preached on last week, there's always a, a, a threshold that you have to cross. There's always something that you have to go through. There's always a price that needs to be paid. Pastor Mike was preaching about the altar, uh, about the rebuilding the altar in our life. And the place of, of an altar is always a place of sacrifice. Something is given up and something is an exchange for something that is received. It's an exchange of value where you let go something that is precious to you in exchange of value for something else which is far bigger. And that's always a step of faith because it's in the future. And you can always not predict what God's going to do. So it is a step of faith. All right? And so, in fact, all of our life as, as, as Christians, uh, we're called to live by faith. We're called to walk in faith that our decisions are not um, 100% guaranteed, but that we walk by faith and trust that God will break through. 
regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what has been done to us or what people are currently doing to us right now, that we walk by faith, believing that God has a plan and God has a better way, and that we can sacrifice that. If we can exchange our life for his, our life becomes so much better. And I was just, again, reminded about uh, when I was just talking to these kids about the hope that I've been able to bring in the world, uh, just simply by going through a process of, of exchange of life. And it's never just a, a once-off. The first part is when you, start, when, you, uh, when you give your heart to Jesus and you for the first time. But it doesn't stop there. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep giving your heart to Jesus, not believing that he hasn't, uh, hasn't forgiven you of your sins, but you come into a deeper level of intimacy and relationship with the Lord. And as you start to progress, we, the Bible talks that we grow from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Just giving your heart to Jesus for the first time is just the first steps. There, are much, there is much more that God wants to have for you to do. And uh, I want to just continue to just to talk about the threshold that God, that we have to walk through, and not one person will be free from this. It's one of the things that, for me personally, I really have had to work through, uh, something that has really been the making or breaking of my life. Even coming into this role as a, as a, as a pastor of this church, I just consider it a great honor and a great privilege. But the road to get there, I knew God had called me to it, but I had to go through a threshold. I had to go through a journey, a process that was not easy, that was, that was full of pain. And every person will grow. Whenever you move from one dimension of living into another dimension, you will go through a pressure point. You will go through something that really shakes you to the core of your being. It will shake every part of your life. It will shake how you think about life, how you feel about life. It will shake absolutely everything, every mindset, concept. Whatever you've built your life on will just be shaken. When an airplane moves through the speed of sound, it shakes and, and, and rattles. Why? Because it's, it's moving from one dimension into another. You, and and that's the, you, that point there is the point of altar. That there is the point of sacrifice. And some people, they live their life only just up to that point. But yet what God has for them is so much more and so much bigger. I wonder sometimes if I could put myself into an eternity, into, into the day that I stand before Christ, and think about and reflect back on all that God had for me to walk in, but I stopped short because of a, of, of, of a boundary, because I wasn't prepared to pay the price. Pastor Mike often talks about people want the anointing that's on his life, don't they, mum? <laughs> Give me a double portion. But you've got to walk through the journey, and everyone is kind of, will be different, but it will be the same. Like, today, I want to talk a little bit about uh, something that I've got on my heart that I know people will struggle with, people will have to walk through, and this will be the making or breaking, and it will not just go away. It, it's consistently there. And uh, I, I brought it up last week where in uh, John chapter 6, where, where Jesus was speaking to his disciples, and Jesus was preparing his disciples uh, for a life that was much greater, much bigger than where they were right now. Jesus was not just uh, pouring water on people, he's bringing hope to people, but he was also uh, bringing people into a place where their whole world was enlarged and expanded, where they could fulfill his ministry when he had gone. And one of the things uh, he, he said was this, uh, as he was speaking, one of the things the Bible says that was in their heart, let's just go and turn over to it, was uh, John chapter 6. John chapter 6, 
in verse 65, he said, uh, Therefore I have said to you, unless no one can come to me, unless it been granted him by the Father. And it says, from that, time, uh, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. And then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? One of the things that you find is people get to a certain place of life where Jesus starts to put the pressure on. And then they make a decision, do I carry on or do I, I walk back? But it was an interesting question that, that Jesus asked them. And he said, um, does this offend you? Does this offend you? And one of the things I just started to think about is the issue of offense. And offense is something that will either make you or will break you. Everyone will walk through offense at some point. The Bible speaks a lot of it, and, and, and the way that the Bible speaks of it looks like at times that, they're complete, that Jesus is contradicting himself. Uh, it says in, um, uh, in Luke chapter 17, verse 1, Jesus guarantees that offense will come. He said, offense will come, I can guarantee it. And one of the things I can guarantee for you is that you will be offended. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I haven't met a person yet that has not been offended by something. I haven't met a person yet that who has not had the chance at least to be offended. Or uh, So offense is something that even in ministry I've seen that it either makes you or breaks you. Your capacity to deal with offense it's one thing to be able, I could teach you how to preach pretty quick. We could teach you how to move in the spirit pretty quick, go to a seminar. It's, it, it, that's not the hard part. The hard part really is how you can handle offense. Jesus promises that offenses will come. And if there's one thing that stops people from moving from one dimension in life into another one, it's the issue of offense. Everyone's going to be offended. There's probably people sitting here right now, and you are offended right now. Fantastic! It means God has got you to the point of pushing you through. So Jesus asked his disciples this question, because as he started to talking about the price to pay, uh, he, he was actually starting to disrupt their mindsets and actually start to disrupt uh, what, they, their, what they thought and what they expected of what Jesus would do. Their thoughts and expectations about Christ and what he would do, what he would do for them, brought them to a place where they're offended. And he asked them the question, does this offend you? Because they were saying he could hear them murmuring and talking amongst themselves. They were obviously upset about what he was saying. There will be some things that you'll find that you'll be upset with what comes across here. But the question would be, what do you do with that? Some people will say, well, thus far and no more, we're out of here, we'll go and find a new church. Pastor's horrible. Speaking to me. I'm pretty sure when he was doing something before the service, he had me in his heart. <laughs> no, I don't have anyone in my heart. I just feel what I just preach what the Holy Spirit speaks. Offense is something that will either bring you through or it'll keep you in a place of captivity. And as I started to look, there was different types of offenses and uh, I'm not going to open them both up to you today, but I'm going to introduce to you in both of them because both of them you'll experience. Both of them you'll experience in your life. If you want to move from where you are and move into a greater place, sure, it's a, it's a great thing in front of you, but you have to walk through this. There is no other way. 
You have to walk through it. There's two types of offenses. Uh, one, of the, one of the things I see, one is a righteous offense. And uh, both are a stumbling block. Both are, they can see, they, 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 can exp- they can kind of feel the same. They can kind of look the same. They're, they both mean the same. But their purpose behind the offense is different. So it's a righteous offense. So Jesus said, talked about not offending people, but he also offended people. So what's the difference here? What's the, what's the go? One of the things I started to see was there's two types of offense. There's an offense, a righteous offense, and this, this is the only way I could describe it. But there, in a righteous offense, its purpose is to break us out of captivity and into a greater level of intimacy with God. Disciples were offended, not because Jesus was motivated by hate towards them, but the whole point was to bring them out of where they were, out of the space, out of the environment which they were living, out of the dimension they were living, into a new dimension of, of, of heaven. That was the motivation. That was the purpose behind them. You will find that to, uh, to get from one place of, of, of freedom and intimacy to another, you have to allow God to work in your heart, and that can be offensive, and that is offensive. Fasting is offensive. How many, how many people have fasted? The whole point of fasting is, is to offend your soul. And the process of doing that brings you into a greater level of authority and power. See, that type of offense, it's a stumbling block. Fasting is a stumbling block for so many people, including myself. It offends me, afflicts me. If I say, okay, we're going to take away Facebooks, people say, no, you can't do that. It, it afflicts the soul. The other type of offense is this, is demonic offense. Demonic offense will, its purpose behind that is to keep you in captivity. One type righteous offense, when, God, when the word of God comes, it is a, a powerful two-edged sword, but its purpose is to break you out of captivity and into freedom. Demonic offense is to keep you in captivity and keep you in bondage. So whether you're coming out of bondage, out of, de- out of demonic oppression, or into, uh, and into the... the dimension of heaven that God wants you to be in, you will go through some sort of offense. Either something's going to afflict your soul or you're going to have to deal with offense. In some way, you're going to have to deal with it. There is no escaping it. Um, one of the things about demonic offense is its purpose is to keep us in, it, in captivity and to hinder us from walking in the fullness of God and his purpose for our lives. It also hinders the moving of God's spirit. And where I am today, I've had to deal with both the offense of people towards me and also the offense of uh, when my soul or when my life has been spoken into. There are times when, when Apostle Mike speaks into my life and it grates my soul. <laughs> but my capacity to handle that and to walk through that will either... Keep me where I am or bring me forward into a new level of authority. The other offense is the injustices of people. The injustices, the failures, the, the mistakes, the, the misunderstandings, the injustices that you experience, both will either keep you in captivity or move you forward. It is a form of captivity. Demonic offenses are is a, is a form of activity. It keeps people in bondage, and people who are in captivity generally keep other people in captivity as well. 
people who are offended by injustice, you will find that that same spirit will also attract other people who are also offended, and they will come in, and that offense will spread. That's why it's important to uh, get rid of some of this stuff. In fact, get rid of it. When somebody takes offense uh, of something, when somebody takes offense at something, it often says more about the heart of the one who was offended than it does about the person supposedly causing the offense. Let me clarify that. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 165, it says, Blessed are those that love your word or love your law. And the King James Version says, Great peace shall they have, and nothing shall offend them. In other words, when somebody's offended, they have the opportunity to bring that before God, deal with it the right way, and dealing with it the right way will bring you forward and bring you peace inside of your life and not cause you to stumble. Or it'll bring you into a place that you will stumble and fall over and you'll be living a life of turmoil. So often when people are offended, it often speaks more about the person who is offended than the person who created the offense in the first place. If you look in the world today, people are offended at absolutely everything. If I scratched my head the wrong way, somebody could be offended. If I did this, somebody would be offended. If I did that, if I shifted that from there, somebody would offend somebody. It's kind of like, if you look in the world today, you'll find that people are offended at absolutely everything. And that one person who is offended, you will find will bring other people into an agreement with that. Next thing you know, you've got a whole bunch of people that are all offended. I was watching a funny thing on the YouTube the other day, and this guy was having some protesters on about what they were offended about. And when he started asking the questions about, about the specifics of what they were offended about, they actually couldn't put the words to it. And they were dumbstruck. The problem was this. They had simply come into an agreement. You'll find civil rights movements and things like that, although it sounds good and sounds noble, actually a lot of behind it is a, is a, is a spirit of injustice and a spirit of offense. That there is what brings people into a place of bondage and captivity. Unless they break out of that, you'll find that it keeps people in captivity. But if you have the, uh, the spirit to be able to release offense, or the capacity to release offense, it sets you free from captivity on that. It's an expression of bitterness. When somebody is offended from one degree or another, it's actually an expression of bitterness. You can tell when somebody's offended uh, because you look at the way they look. It, it, their, their face changes. Their countenance changes. Their, their, their voice changes. There's just, you can tell somebody who is offended. It's not hard to tell. Some people hide it in different ways and even put a spiritual cloak on it. But nonetheless, it's still offense. Right? And your capacity to, 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 one, perceive it and know what to do with it will help you either, it, it, it is pivotal to bringing you out of where you are and to God, where God wants you to be. Anger and uh, bitterness is a anger and disappointment at being treated unfairly. It's like a resentment brought about being, uh, about being insulted or perceived to be insulted. It comes from the word, uh, bitterness comes from the word uh, um, to be angry or chafed or discontented. It also means heavy. Offense is like a heavy weight that sits upon people. You can see somebody who's, a, who's got a chip on their shoulder. They're, they're just offended. They're just perceived about the injustice. And you look at even today's culture. 
People will pick up the injustices from one generation to another without actually even having to experience that. It's not to say that there's not injustices. I'm not talking about that. The issue is the issue of offense. The issue is the issue of offense. What do you do with your injustice? I can tell you now, people, you will be unfairly treated. You will experience injustice. That's a fact of life. Jesus said you will be offended. I can promise you that. The question is, what will you do with that? So, so a lot of people, what they do, they focus more on trying to stop people being offensive than being able to handle the, and get over their own offenses and how that's affected their heart. And that is the place there that either brings people forward or it shuts them down. I can guarantee it. I promise you it. It's an ang- Every person has the chance to be bitter about something. I do. I get bitter. But it's what I do with that has made the difference to where I am now. What I did with my bitterness, what I did with my offense, was the main reason I am here today. And I'm not somewhere else. Why? Because I had an option either to allow offense of the injustice or bitterness to get inside of my heart and not be here, or to be able to allow God to heal my heart, take ownership for my offense, deal with it, release forgiveness, release love, and that has opened the door for me to be able to stand here today. It's got nothing to do with who I am. It's got, it's got nothing to do with my biological relationship with my mum and dad. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got nothing to do with my song leading capacity. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with any of that. I mean, those are all factors to it. But the main thing is my capacity to get over offence and to get over injustice. That, if there was one thing, that would be it. If there was one thing that has kept my mum and my dad and the place of and the dimension of freedom and authority they're at today is their capacity to deal with offense. You will be unjustly treated by some person or another, but your capacity to deal with that is that will be the making or breaking. Let's unpack this a little bit further. One of the words that the Bible just describes the word uh, bitter is the word mara, which is spelled M-A-R-A-H. And you'll find that you'll see this word in the Bible. Now, when you, look at, when you look at stories and when you look at scriptures in the Bible, one of the things, the way that you look at it and the way that you can unpack it is you can read it as a narrative, like a story, and, oh, that was nice, or that was good, or that was pretty happy for them, or that was pretty sad for them. Or you can look at it in terms of a metaphor or a symbolic. What does that mean? What does that mean, and how does that affect me? So when you look at the, the Old Testament, you can read a story, and you can say, well, what is, the symbolic, what is the symbolism of this story? What is God trying to tell me in this story? What does it mean for me today? And one of the things that you find is that, you know, we understand the story of, of um, the Israelites kept in, they, they were slaves to, uh, slaves in Egypt, and God brought them out into a place for promise. So that story is still relevant for us today, and that we were once slaves to sin, and God's bringing us into a place of promise. One of the things I want to highlight for you today is you look at the first steps, and when you First, give your heart to Jesus. What happens is God brings you out of slavery to the demonic or slavery to, to sin. But it doesn't stop there. There is a journey that we have to walk out through there. You look at the first thing, one of the first things, and the second thing that the Israelites had to deal with was the issue of offense. It was the first and the second thing that they had to deal with, and they had to deal with it all the way through. Let me unpack this for you a little bit more. After they'd come out of Israel, after, sorry, after they'd come out of Egypt, they'd come in 
And their first stop in Exodus chapter 15, their first stop after seeing the miraculous hand of God bring them out of Egypt and part the Red Sea. All of that, there were massive celebrations. God, we saw fantastic miracles. Thank you so much for your freedom. Thank you today for the for the freedom retreat or the, the Elijah house, Lord. We're just so happy for what, God, you have done in our lives. You set us free. You're part of the Red Sea. Three days later, three days later, they came to a well and it was bitter. Next thing you know, they started complaining and they got offended. They started to doubt God and they started to doubt their pastor. <laughs> Is this guy really leading us? It was he kind of leading us up the garden path. They started to murmur. The place where they stopped was the the well of Mara. They started to complain. And what was there was was the well, it was was the well, but it had bitter waters in it. And that's where they started to complain. One of the first things that you've got to work through is how to handle bitterness. If the Israelites walked through it, the first well that they came through, after seeing the miraculous hand of God, Next thing you know, they're bitter towards God and they're bitter towards Moses. They were out of slavery, but yet still in captivity. They were out of slavery, but yet still in captivity. For some people, they come out of slavery to the devil, out of slavery to sin, but they're still captive. Out of slavery, but still captive. Many people today in the church, and this is where... I sense in my heart that God wants us to bring out of, as many of you experience, the, and you will experience again, the power of God. But in our heart, we're still captive. Luke chapter 4, verse 18, where Jesus talks about and declares his mission on earth, was he came to open up the eyes of the blind, set it free, those who were, who were, uh, who were abound and oppressed, but also to set the captives free. It's different to be bound and oppressed than be a captive. They can look the same, they can sound the same, but they're different. And for many people, including myself, we have to walk through the process of allowing God to set us free out of captivity, out of our mind, and mostly in our soul, in our emotions. That is what separates us from where we are now and what God wants to do in our life. The biggest part of that is dealing with offense. One of the other things that we see is this. Uh, in, in Numbers chapter 33, uh, we talked, uh, there's the story of Ruth and Naomi. And one of the things that you see is this, and we're not going to go through it right now, but one of the things uh, it was stated there, it says, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. In other words, Naomi's grief and her continued loss had created bitterness in her soul that had then defined her. Don't call me Naomi, call me bitter. Bitterness can end up defining who's, will define your future, can define people's personality. It takes away the image that God has created you to be in. Bitterness turns people ugly. Bitterness turns people just horrible. A better person is kind of like, oh. I was talking to Raj, he's a podiatrist. Talking with people about, you know what a, know what a podiatrist does? It doesn't cut your toenails or anything. He might do, but 
It's not a manic pedicure. Or he deals with people's problems in their feet. The feet are symbolic of our decision-making capacity and our, and our lifestyle. One of the things that you find, you found is so many people that they've got problems in their feet and their heart, they're really bitter. They've just got stuff in there. They're resentful against what people have done for them. So when people are bitter and people are offended, not only does it stop them from entering into the fullness of what God has for them, but their life on earth can just be horrendous. Cause you physical problems, cause you all sorts of problems. You're going to walk through injustices. It's going to happen. Whether it's cultural injustices, whether it's this, whether it's that, whether you got hard done by, whether your neighbor's dog took your deer that you had hanging up, it's just a shoot that dog. I still want to shoot that dog. Such a nice deer. Rob me. Ah, I've got to find him. But the issue is that you've got to move past some of these things. Naomi's grief, she started to blame the Lord. She started to blame God for all the bad things. And people start to blame people for, and blame all sorts of things for their own offenses and for the bad things inside of their life. When you get into that space, you will find that it will just shut you down. But one of the things that you find that with Naomi and Ruth, what overcame that was the love of Boaz. The love overcomes offense. Love overcomes a multitude of sins. When you experience the love of Christ, that's why David said he had already experienced the love and grace of God. That blessed are those that love your word, have great peace and nothing shall offend them. In other words, he's saying great peace have those that have got a relationship with you, that love your ways, that, that, that know who you are, that, that, that know your grace. They're going to have great peace. They've got the capacity to love. I know that God, you're such a great God of love that my sin offended you, but yet you still released me and, and gave me grace. And that's why I'm here today. That's why we're going to learn to experience the love of Christ. Because when you learn to experience the love of Christ, when you taste and experience his love, it makes it so much easier to be able to release love and grace to others who offended you. Bitterness was a core expression of Amalek. If you look at Amalek, the Amalekites were a tribe that troubled Israel all the way from slavery. After the waters, after they stopped at that well, the first fight that they had with Joshua and Moses, you know, when they had to lift their head, the first fight was against the Amalekites. And you'll find that the Amalekites were involved in every conflict that either made or broke kings and queens all the way through. All the way through. They were there as soon as they came out of Egypt. They were there that was the first fight. The Gideon had the first fight. His fight was against the Amalekites. It was the Amalekites that broke Saul's kingship. It was the Amalekites that made David's kingship. It was the, uh, it was the Amalekites that, uh, that brought Esther into her queenship. Uh, when Mordecai, uh, not Mordecai, but Haman was a direct descendant of Amalek. So you can see this conflict all the way through. You'll find that even Herod, King Herod, was a direct descendant of Amalek. And again with Jesus, you'll find that this conflict will come all the way through. There is a spirit that will come against you and it will be the, the making or breaking of you. I have seen people, they, they have lost ministries, they have lost dreams because they allowed themselves to get bitter because things didn't work out the way that they thought or expected things should work out. I had to walk through that. Things 
didn't work out as I expected. People didn't do what I thought they should do or what I thought they or I expected them to do. People didn't do that. Even good people didn't do what I thought or expected they would do or should have done. The point being, what did I do with that? The capacity to overcome offense is what will make you or break you as a person of God. I can tell you now, if there was one thing, learning to overcome, you'll find that Amalek, the Bible says, uh, was a direct descendant of Esau. The sages, a sages, um, it wasn't a, a, a sage is not a, is not a prophet or an apostle. A sage is a is what was known as a wise man, and so the Hebraic sages would say that this that Esau, so Esau was the granddaddy of Amalek, and Amalek was raised in his tents. So in other words, he was raised in an atmosphere. Amalek was raised in an atmosphere of bitterness. So the bitterness that was on Esau, because of his despised birthright, not only passed on to a generation, but to another generation, and it gained momentum to the point where this was the one, this was the generation that God wanted smited off the face of the earth. Such was the issue. And that behind the spirit of Amalek, I believe, is this. It's a spirit of bitterness. And if I could say one thing, it's kind of like, what will get you from where you are to where you, God has for you? You have to go through a threshold and you will experience injustice. You will experience misunderstanding. You will experience offense. You will come up against the spirit of Amalek, but it's your capacity to deal with that and be able to overcome that is what will make you into the, bring you into the person that God has for you. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he had to overcome the offense of the cross. He had to overcome the injustices. He was innocent. He did nothing wrong. He brought hope to the world, but yet they crucified him, tried him unjustly. If they did that to Jesus, they're going to do it to you. They're going to do it to me. You will experience it, but the fact is that Jesus Christ overcome the injustices of the world. All the injustice, all the offense of the world, Jesus took it upon himself overcame that. That is why he has risen and he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords today. In a nutshell. Today you will experience offense. You'll experience coming up against the spirit of Amalek. For me, just as we start to close, I was thinking about the future of the church and the future of the people that I want around me. We've got a great things in front of us, friends. To me, it doesn't really matter if you're not so good at speaking. It doesn't matter if you're not so skilled at this. It doesn't matter whether that. It doesn't matter any of that. It doesn't matter about your background or so much. It, it, nothing of that really matters. What, there's one quality that I'd be looking for is this. is how can you handle offense? Do you have it within your spirit? I don't even know if it's something that I can teach you to do. It's something that you're going to have to Make that decision and discover for yourself and walk in and make the decision yourself. God has got great things for us. We are going to move into a new dimension of God, but I can tell you now, there'll be opportunity for offense. If it's just little ones or big ones, you'll find that people who become offended will start to rise up and start to talk and start to do things. And they'll try and start to get other people into offense. But when you start to buy into that, you'll find that you just start drinking from a different well. Be careful of the well that you're drinking from. 
Be careful of the ministry that you're drinking from. I know ministries that have started up. I know churches that have started up here. And the basis of it was that of offense. And then I see people starting to go to that and start to drink from that well. I'll see people start to rise up. You'll see it. You'll see people start to rise up and it looks okay, but actually in their heart they're offended because things didn't work out how they thought they would work out. I didn't do what they thought that I should do for them. I didn't say what they think should have been said. Friends, I'm not here to feed you ice cream. I do love it. But my role is to love you and to bring you out of where you are into where God has for you. Look, there's going to be ice cream and stuff on the way, of course. McConnell, love ice cream, love the stuff. In fact, we've got a box of it out in the freezer there. But I love what, uh, I love what uh, Steve Jobs said. Great leader, opened up new space. Sure, he was a bit of an atheist and a bit of a whatever. But actually, there was something that he opened up a new space, and most of you may have an apple or something like that. It's because of him. And one of the things he said was this. He said, not everyone wants to be leaders or not everyone wants to open up new spaces because they want people to be happy with them. He said, I'm not here to sell ice cream. If you want people to be happy with you, if you want to just keep people where they're at, just sell ice cream. But if you want to shift people from where they are into a new space, you've got to be a leader. You've got to handle some things. You've got to learn to handle offense. You've got to learn how to handle difficult circumstances. You've got to learn how to handle injustice. You just have to walk through it. And for us to walk through into a new space, there will be injustices. I will say things that are not really, that may offend you. The issue is this, what do you do with that? There'll be other people that will do things. Life will not go well for some people, but what will you do with that? can make all the difference. I love you so much. I'm here because I love you. I, I, I preach what I preach because I believe in you. I preach what I preach to bring you out of where you are because I know God has got a great future for you. I know God has got a great plan and a purpose for your life. I would never preach it otherwise. I don't preach just because of there's something vindictive in my heart. I, I, I don't do that. I preach because I love you. I preach because God has got so much more to get from here to there. You've got to go through some of your most darkest hours. And to coming into this role, I had to go through one of my darkest hours. I had to let go and just trust that the Lord would work it all out. <laughs> Ooh, oh, I can't pray that you're just going to release your offense. What I can do this is this. So I can pray that your faith will remain strong. I can't say, Lord, take away all their offenses. Lord, let them have no other offense ever again. <laughs> it doesn't work. What I can pray, though, is that your faith will remain strong. And the love of Christ will remain strong in your heart. 2 Corinthians, he talks about just in closing. 
2 Corinthians 2, Paul talks about releasing offence. Verse 8, he talks about reaffirming your love. Part of that is to test our heart. The last part of that, he says, lest Satan gains an advantage. In other words, let's not let the devil get a foothold in our life. Let's not let the devil try and sabotage what God has for us to do. The devil knows exactly which string to pluck in your life. He knows exactly which one is going to just get you all fired up and riled and want to quit and leave and run away and start a new church or do this or, I don't know. He knows exactly. Offense is going to be something, demonic offense. You'll find that people will get offended. I still get offended. But it's what I do with that makes all the difference. Why don't you just close your eyes and just bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your wonderful grace. Thank you, Lord, for your wonderful love. Lord, I thank you that on the cross you endured every offense the world could throw at you. And you overcame, Lord. Lord, you took our offense. You took our sin upon yourself. That we would experience heaven. That we would experience eternity with you. I thank you, Lord, for the for the ones that have gone before us in this church, Lord, that have endured misunderstandings, that have endured persecution, that have been hard-pressed on every side, and still never gave up. They didn't stumble. They didn't. They put their hope and their trust in you. I thank you, Lord, for the wonderful freedom we have here right now because of that. But I thank you also, Lord, for the people that you've placed in this room right now. Thank you, Lord, for the destiny that you've placed in their hearts. Thank you, Lord, for the the space that you want to open up for us. I thank you, Lord, for the amazing, amazing things that you want to bring us into. Lord, I pray today that you would help every one of us be strong in faith. Let us be rich in love, Lord, that when people offend us, when we don't understand, when we're perplexed and unsure of why you're doing what you're doing or why the pastor's even saying what he's saying, (laughs) Lord, that our faith would remain strong. Give us the courage, Lord, to walk it through. For those, Lord, that are sitting on unresolved offences, for those that are, are angry in their hearts today for the way that they've been treated, Lord, I pray today that your wonderful love would come and speak and minister today, Lord. I thank you for the wonderful people here that you have brought into this house, that you've trained up to be able to help people to walk through their pain. Lord, I pray that fresh grace would come upon their lives. Lord, I thank you so much for them. I thank you for Peter and Sandy. I thank you for what they do. I thank you for ministers that they're raising up, that the people that have committed their hearts, Lord. Lord, we just commit our lives to you afresh. We commit the great days ahead to you, Lord. We give it all the honor and all the glory. Don't want to just stand to your feet, just lift your hands up. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you the honor. We give you the glory. Lord, let your love come and touch our hearts afresh. Lord, let your grace come and fill our lives again. Lord, I speak blessing of every family represented here today. Speak blessing of every household represented here today. Lord, give them the courage to walk through in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing and worship. I can't 
bring your heart before the Lord. It's not something I can fix in one simple prayer. It's something that you've got to build in your life day by day. Meditate on the love of Christ and release people. Forgive us this day. As we forgive those who persecute us. Make it a habit in your life to release offense. Don't let that stuff get inside of your heart. You've got too much in stake. There's too much in front of you. God's got too much stuff for you to accomplish and walk in. Amen. One of the things you can start off with is maybe start fasting during the week. Do a righteous offense where you start to reflect the parts of your soul. We've got a great thing coming up. It'd be great to start to prepare that, to start to allow God to start to prepare our hearts, get off Facebook, and start fasting food. Fast whatever you need to fast that afflicts your soul. Believe that God's going to open up a new dimension of heaven. Amen. Come on, he just love.